Thanks for taking the time to sit down. Uh, it has been it's it's been a while since I've uh, since we last spoke, I believe. Oh yeah, uh, I mean we we did the 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 Jello thing a while back, but then I, but I haven't seen you in person since the BL3 launch party. Right. Yeah. Which that that was that was crazy. Even just remembering that, like. <laughs> yeah, dude, and and like now thinking about it in the context of like what the last year has been like, like that's that was so stupid. We had so many people in that place. <laughs> uh, when 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 was when was that again? That was still normal times, though. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, fine. the game. I think the game launched in November, so I think it was uh, you know late October, early November, something like that. But yeah, yeah that was still perfect. Everything was fine. I don't know. Or, ne- could never have imagined. <laughs> uh, what blissful, absolute fools! Yeah. We were, uh, back <laughs> and now. someday I plan to be exactly as foolish again. Exactly. Yes. Um, well, uh, I guess first off, um, during these times, um, uh, I know you're a busy guy, but whenever, if you have free time, whenever you have free time, what has been occupying, what, do you, what have you been doing for your free time? Well, I mean, luckily, uh, um, my wife and I, we've both, you know, remained gainfully employed, and so we've we've been busy enough, uh, which is which is great. Sure. We know we're luckier than, than a lot of people, but uh, uh, the uh, what little downtime I've got, like I've, you know, I've uh, I used to be a scenic carpenter, uh, building sets mm-hmm. for plays and stuff, and so like I've just been out in the the wood shop uh, building just bad amateur furniture, uh, which has been fun. Uh, I did a kitchen table and some benches for for the house. I made a, a record player bench. Uh, and a turntable, uh, a little uh, table thing for myself a while back. I just uh, finished a little platform for our washer and dryer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mostly just, you know, scooping around and like attempting new things and failing and then deciding to just revert back to what I already know. But uh, like a lot of our like evenings, like we just uh, just got back from, uh, did a, a bike ride with um, uh, wife and kids and uh, the two dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It was, it's terrible walking those children <laughs> and the dogs. But uh but yeah, no, it's uh, but yeah, like like I said, fortunately, like it's been you know, Gearbox has been moving along pretty good. Like you know, uh, we had a, like a lot of studios think we had kind of a little uh, regrouping period where when sure. everyone kind of had to figure out how to record remotely and all that kind of stuff, which has been just an ongoing uh, weirdness. But uh, but yeah, no, that's good to hear. Now, uh, as someone who does is, is sort of a carpentry. Do you do you ever buy furniture or you're like, why can you just build that shit? I usually so like what what uh, what usually happens is my wife comes to me with what she really wants and I go, that's really expensive. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I try to figure out how to do it for cheaper. And usually like I mean, the, for the kitchen table, like she she found something that she really wanted that was like. It's like seventeen hundred dollars, and okay. I was like, "Look, I, I was like, I know I can get two hundred dollars worth of pine, uh, and 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 do something that is very because it was like a farmhouse style or whatever." Uh, and so she was like, "You can try it, and if I hate it, <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna yeah. we're gonna throw it away." Uh, and you know, it was a, a little trial and error, like most everything I build, but she ended up being pretty happy with it. So, but yeah, no, there's there's definitely a few things where she's like, "I want this specific thing, and I want it padded here, and I want a drawer here, and like, drawers is one thing like I've never been." any good at because like uh you know mm. i, I kind of learned the ropes when i was like i said building sets for plays and everything and when you're building sets for a play like you you can make a mistake as long as it's not really visible from like 15 feet away uh yeah. and uh, but for cabinetry there's like a 16th of an inch like room for error uh and i'm not i'm not that good so gotcha what's the most ambitious ambitious project you've undertaken 
Well, so, okay, so the, the record player bench that I made, I, so I, I've got a small office uh, that used to be, we, we just, we moved into this house like right before lockdown orders hit. Mm, and uh, okay. so, and so like all of a sudden kind of the moving in and like deciding where everything went process became home office exploration as well. Uh, and so we I, I kind of decided to, to cram as much of the me centric stuff as we could into one room. Uh, and so mm. uh, I, but I also wanted, it, it's a pretty small room. And so I, I wanted to make um, like uh, some record storage that was also like modular and could be like used in different ways. So sure. I basically built three, um, three little benches uh, of identical length and height. Um, and the middle one, um, I actually made uh, three quarters of an inch shorter than the other ones. So I could have, of uh, two pieces of uh, three quarter ply that would fold on top of it uh, when okay. it was when it wasn't in use, and so when like when it's all folded together, like it's the same height as the other benches. But we can also like they they kind of strap together uh, or like hook together. And but if I unhook them, they're on casters, and so I can move them around and they're seating. Uh, and the middle table turn like folds out into a board game table. Um, oh, so okay. so yeah, we used it a couple times. It's been it's been pretty fun. I know I'm uh, like. I, I'm actually like embarrassed to even talk to you about board games because like <laughs> <laughs> this is like we just discovered Ticket to Ride and like we think we're oh, like shit. dude yeah like so I don't know but uh, but yeah are you no, playing like, that with, you playing that with your family with friends both yeah well mostly like so we've got some friends that are really into to board games and so every time they come over uh, they they bring something that they want us to try out and they've learned that especially with me like I need to be able to learn the rules in like five minutes like uh, okay. I I, I don't I cannot like I do not have the capacity to understand like the settlers of Catan stuff or whatever like I, I it will mm. never make sense to me uh so sure. but like they brought over like Azul a while back which is super fun mm. and like and yeah, so yeah. but yeah Ticket to Ride like we, we really like so we, we play it with them we've we've tried the um uh, the scaled back version with the kids but mostly they just like throwing trains at each other so <laughs> okay yeah Ticket to Ride is great though I mean it, that's an example of a game that's easy to learn yeah but satisfying to play like yeah. it's just a very you know well, and very like, elegant, just making making trails and yeah. Know, well, and like I I, I lost fun. the first time the first time we played I lost the first round, uh, and it was because well partly because I misunderstood the rules, uh, mm. but like I also like I figured out what my what the mistake was in my strategy, and so far I haven't lost again since. Uh, mm. But uh, and I I only get competitive at games I can win. Uh, and, <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, me and my wife like our our, our go to game is uh, is dominoes like we actually we keep a set of dominoes in the car mm. and every time like we go out to like a little patio bar or something like that we, we take the dominoes and we sit and we play we, we stopped keeping sure. the score um uh we used to keep score in like this little journal and like you know we would always date the games and then like whatever like what it was like whoever was keeping score we'd like write a little blurb about what was going on on our lives with the kids or whatever and so yeah, it's, it's yeah. been kind of cool because it goes back to like 2006 or something like actually before wow. we even met like i used to use it way back when but uh but sure. I, I like dominoes because i learned the rules really quickly i've spent a lifetime like not being great at it but like learning and uh i don't know that's that's kind of my jam i like that i'm glad to hear that you enjoy like the games at all though so even though like nothing super complicated but stuff like something like azul right where yeah. uh i think azul it has like sort of this timeless quality feel to it right like this feels like an a game that's been around for like ages but yeah it's brand new but it, it's it has that you know nice have you played uh the other azuls like there's a, there's the first Azul, and then there's 
the stained glass one. Have you played that one? No, no, no. We've only played the one. Mm, okay. So is it is I it think... like similar concepts? Yeah, similar concept. It's the it's the idea of like you still have those circles and you're you're like draft like picking uh, colors from them. Uh, but there are two other games in the series, and they have different like they're they're a little more complex. But I I think you would uh, still have fun with them. There's the stained glass of Sintra. Where you, you, you're getting like these sort of stained glass diamonds in the same way. And you're kind of putting them in columns. Uh, and then there's uh, the new one, Summer Pavilion, where, uh, what is it like? They're almost like star shapes. Like you're making star shapes with these different things. Uh, if you like that sort of, that take that of, ha, I'm going to take this color and shove these in the middle. And, you know, oh, fuck you over with this. Uh, I, I would say, uh, check them out. Or, you know... Get your board or get your board game centric friends to buy it, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. Uh, and then uh, bring it over or something. But, yeah, nice. No, we um, did so like for for my birthday a couple of years ago. Um, uh, we wanted to do a board game night and like uh, and my my wife and I talked about we wanted to do like some kind of murder mystery something kind of game like not like a full on mm. like murder mystery party whatever but like we went to. Um, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the the, the game store around here, but uh, uh, we we found one that looked pretty cool. It had like a haunted mansion on the front and everything, and so like we got okay. it. Like, I, it said like it, the the word Amityville was in the title somewhere, uh, and and like we got it. We brought it back home, read through the instructions. It seemed a little bit more complex than than I was used to, but I was like, yeah, it'll be fun. We had uh, I think four other people coming over, uh, so six total, um, and I recounted the rules as I understood them. We started playing. Everyone got very confused very quickly. Uh, and at one point we ended up going back to the instructions and it said like for questions, Q and A's or whatever, like go to this website. And we're like, great. And we went to the website, which had been dead since 2009. Uh, wow. and, okay. and like all of like what remained was like people just like in all caps, like don't buy this game. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Did I, you get it? Was it like a, on sale? On yeah. Discount? Oh, was it was an extreme discount. And now I know mm. why. Yeah. So we all learned a lot. So I'm searching this game on. There's a site called Board Game Geek, which okay. is like the it is the directory of like like literally almost every not almost pretty much every board game ever made is on the website. You can search it, and it's really handy because it not only does it tell you like how many players, it tells you rough play time, and okay. it tells you a complexity rating, which is like the most valuable thing for me. Uh, if it's like a one to two, anybody can learn it. I think like even my parents can like learn it. Two to three. Not bad. And still, I think anyone can learn it. Once it gets three and higher, because it goes up to five, that's when it's like, ooh, maybe these are for, you know, more heavier board game fans. Um, Amityville, I Googled, I I searched it. I only found one thing, and barely anyone has played this game. I think this might be Haunted. No, okay. No, no, no. So actually, I realized as soon as I said it, I, I, it's the wrong A word. So it's it was called, and I remember it now, the Aberdeen Affair. What the hell? Okay, hold on. Yeah. Aberdeen Affair. Uh, let me look this up. I'm very curious. Aberdina. Oh, the Amber Amber Amberden affair. There Amberden. you go. Okay, we'd get there. I knew we'd get there eventually. Mm. So it sounds. No, I've never played Among Us, but it sounds like a very primitive version. <laughs> what okay. I would imagine Among Us is, uh, but uh, yeah, it didn't go well. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I see. I see. Have you played, um, well, first off, going off like murder mystery stuff, have you heard of the game uh, Deception Murder in Hong Kong? You ever heard of that? No. So I think you would like this a lot if uh, that if you wanted something with that kind of flavor of like 
solving a mystery. And do you have you ever played a game like Among Us, like Werewolf or Mafia or any of yes. those kind of games? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you do you like those kind of games? I love that. Yeah. Okay. So Deception Murder in Hong Kong. What this game is is essentially all of you are detectives, and one of you is a silent clue giver, and the silent clue giver is trying to give clues to direct the detectives to find the murderer. The thing is, one of you is the murderer, and no one knows who that is. And so everyone's got these like cards in front of them. It's like five uh, murder weapons and five evidence cards in front of everybody. And the murderer picks the answer while everyone else's eyes are closed. Okay. So the silent clue giver knows who the murderer is and is trying to put down these sort of like bullets on these like clues to try to direct the group towards who it is. So it might be, for example, oh, the victim's body was uh, strangled. So everyone's looking, okay, who has like something you could strangle somebody with? And then the murderer is, meanwhile, trying to deflect like, oh, look at that card. Like, you think it might be that? Or, oh, I don't think it's my, I don't. I don't think it's my card because you know blah 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 blah. It's that kind of game. It's I really, like see, really, I like that really a lot. Fun. Uh, it's easy to learn. It's a great party game. Nice. Um, I I would highly recommend uh, if you ever see it at like your board game store, pick that up. Deception Murder in Hong Kong. It's it's a huge hit at like parties because everyone gets into it, and uh, and with a lot of trader games, I love trader games. But what's nice about that one is. Everyone can kind of just dive in immediately because you're just looking at people's cards going, okay, does that first clue mean this card? Does it mean this card? And it, it's an immediate discussion. Other ones are more of like a slow burn. But this one is just like, damn, let's just get to it. And fingers start pointing and you're just trying to figure out who it is. You know, so um, so we've been like, you know, like like I said, we moved into this house like right before lockdown and everything. And it was, it was funny too because like the... We, we moved for two main reasons. Like one, mm. I was spending about two and a half to three hours, uh, three and a half hours a day on my commute to and from Funimation. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah. then even, and not much less when I, when I moved over to Gearbox, uh, but uh, uh, we were in the house my wife wanted and everything. But like, so I, I, I wanted to cut down on my commute and she wanted a place with kind of a bigger like family area that we could do like dinner parties and like entertain guests mm. and everything so we're like great cool we, we like finally jumped we made the move and then covid happened and like i don't have a commute and we can't have people <laughs> over <laughs> so it's like well this is crap uh but uh but so now we got we're coming up on our second vaccines and we got some friends that are that are equally vaccinated or will be soon and so uh, she was talking about having like like an actual murder mystery dinner theater or dinner kind of party uh and so like we've been poking around and everything but like everything is it seems a little involved a lot of kind of like clicks mm. and like breaking people up into groups and everything but that actually sounds like it might be like just as fun without being as like complicated i guess uh, sure involved sure. so that's, that's worth looking into there's this i have not played this game so i can't vouch for it. let me look up the name of this it's a pretty new game that everyone's been talking about called blood on the clock tower okay um ooh, might be a little heavier but if you had somebody who like if you know if you know like a board game friend, they might be able to run it for you. Okay. But from what I from what I've heard, it can play up to twenty, uh, which is, uh, but it's a game that like uh, a storyteller runs it, and people are like, it's a bl it's another bluffing game of like there's good guys and bad guys, and you're trying to figure out who it, who everyone is, um, and then during nighttime phases, you close your eyes, and uh, it's it's one of those kind of werewolf style games, but it's. Uh, from what I've heard, it's pretty crazy. I think it even involves like going to different rooms and stuff, like okay. discuss things. Like, uh, it's one I've definitely been wanting to try. I don't own it, but a, a, I think a friend or two own it, and I, 
am curious. I, I, I hear good things. Um, I want to talk so, to me and uh, uh, Ian Sinclair is a, a good friend of mine. And uh, we, we had yeah, yeah. Uh, a, like a date night, game night kind of thing a while back. Um, and uh, he brought over a game. I, I've never remembered what it was called. And I need to ask him. But it was sort of like a, it was like an escape the room in your own house slash like haunted mansion sort of thing and uh okay. it, it was mem- it was really fun but it was memorable because like ian w- ended up being kind of effectively the dungeon master of the game and like if you give ian a role to play and tell him he can pick <laughs> out a character voice like oh my god like it was it was super fun <laughs> sure, <laughs> but, uh, sure. Uh, but yeah it was one of those that i remember i was like always just like two steps behind the rest of the group like i mean uh, like they had solved the puzzle by the time i understood the rules uh and i was like god dang it uh but it was fine I didn't figure what do, you remember, was. do you remember do you remember it sounds like was it mansions of madness it might have been it might have been because is that one where like you're you're kind of building the mansion like as you go and like you open up different areas okay then yeah i think how how long ago was this i mean at least five years that might have been mansions so there was no app then running it it was a person was running it yeah if there was an app we didn't use it um uh, so yeah ian Ian was definitely then then i it sounds like it might have been mansions of madness because that's a game where you're like you're putting down rooms as you explore the mansion yeah there's like people you talk to and a mystery you're solving yeah it sounds like that that was Uh, fun i I enjoyed it yeah yeah um i think what what can also help with games uh like that is if you have someone who has played it who can just kind of like yeah uh run it and also explain it well like uh i think i'm a pretty good rules explainer in that i it's like you don't have to flood everyone with all the information up front yeah like in a lot of games it's often just you know this is what you do on your turn you do this 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 if other things come up we can explain it later right your basic structure of a turn is just this 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 and then that's it uh, most games boil down to that, and if it's more complicated than that, I wouldn't have brought it to like this group or whatever. Like, I it, there's also this sort of you have to be very mindful of like who's playing, right? Like, if you're all big fucking board game nerds, then I'll bring anything. I'll bring like the heaviest game I can bring, and let's just go. But if I know that it's you know a mixed group, like some people are pretty new to it, you're not gonna bring it. just that's it's. I think it's uh, up to the person. Uh, bringing the games to make sure you cater to the right audience. I did not know that Ian was a big board game guy. I'll have to. I'll have to. Is he? Is he a? Is he the like the board game fanatic? You know, or well, he, honestly, like, there are very few fanaticisms that Ian doesn't dabble in. Uh, you know, I know he's big least... into food. I know. Yeah, I know yeah. he and I connected over food and. Video games. I didn't know about the board games, though. Uh, I, you know, and I, I like, I, I don't know if it's like necessarily like a, an extreme passion of his, but it's, mm. uh, you know, it's definitely like he finds out about something, he gets really excited about it, he gets really into it for a few months, and then moves on to the next thing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, like he, he's actually so when my first son was born, uh, we actually officially named Ian as the nerd father. So like he is my <laughs> oldest son's. Uh, he's in, in in charge of and responsible for uh, my five year old's uh, video game and comic book development. Um, nice. Okay. Ian found out that we had given him a set. We've been reading him like for bedtime stories. We have a set of uh, DC like superhero bedtime books. He was livid with me. He was like, how dare you introduce a kid of his age to DC? Don't you care about story? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What did he recommend instead? 
Well, so he, he basically was like, as long as it's like heavily Batman, I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, and uh, but like he he really there are a lot of like Marvel things that he wants to start introducing him to. Uh, and, mm. I, and like, honestly, I don't even have enough frame of reference for that to even tell you what he's been talking about because like i'm so not of that world but like uh but almost every time you know like he has, it's been over a year since we've we've seen him in person but like every time he would come over to the house uh he and my kid would go out in the backyard and play superheroes and so like they would each pick a superhero and then fight and ian would use that as a teaching opportunity to say no actually he can't do that but what he does do <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny that's great now do you have any like super nerdy interests like i don't know if we've ever like really broken this down like do you i mean because i know i know you're big into you know the carpentry but like what do you have any like okay i'm like a big nerd about this or that i mean not not really not any one thing because like i mean i'm i i kind of bounce around in my interests too like like i'll get really into like an anime i'll blast through it all in like two weeks and like i'll talk about mm. it for like a month but then like you know i go find a video game or uh or a movie or whatever like i and i know we talked about this a ways back probably like when we took you out to dinner on uh, after your first session on on uh, bl3 but like my my nerddom even though it's it's kind of all over the place and like i never really settle on one thing but my my the one like through line that's always been there is like i love storytelling i love mm, like different okay. ways to tell stories like that's why like i don't have a tiktok i mean i technically do a nerd anything with it uh, but like i love tiktok <laughs> because it's a it's a method of storytelling that is brand new people are doing fascinating and really innovative stuff with it like right. I, I i i dig that like i um uh, I even like like trash reality TV just because like I mean like sure. the, the stories are so like I'm, I I get blasted through all of like the second season of The Circle which is like the best worst chill I've ever seen uh, <laughs> but like I I don't know man like I've always been you know into to classic rock and and whatever but like nothing that's like you know like super super nerdy I will say though that like not long after uh, kind of everybody went into quarantine um, I uh, some some voice actor friends of mine uh were, were talking about starting up a D campaign and uh mm. and i was like and i and i asked uh so tyson reinhardt uh is uh, is the dm and, and i asked him i was like hey okay. i have i have asked friends before i've always been curious about DD, but i've never understood it and every time mm. i've asked someone to explain it to me like it seems to defy explanation like and i <laughs> i've never gotten anywhere closer to understanding it and so like when you guys start your campaign do you guys mind if i just like sit in and watch uh, and he was mm. like, why don't you play? And I was like, man, my schedule is really erratic. And with the kids and everything, like, I don't know if I'd be, you know, be able to, like, if, if it's cool with you, I'm just gonna watch. And so I did. And like, for after like six weeks, I realized that like one of the guys was uh, Josh Martin, uh, who uh, plays uh, Boo and Dragon Ball and a bunch of other stuff mm -hmm. uh, that uh, he he was almost never there. Uh, like, <laughs> like, he was busier mm. than me. But every time, like every time it was just like, oh, uh, yeah, Drip was drunk the night before and da -da -da. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was that easy. So after a while, like I, you know, like, uh, and helped me set up with a character and i've been playing with him ever since and we actually haven't played the last two weeks and now like it's oddly enough like i've only like pretty recently started to even even kind of vaguely know what i'm doing uh sure. like, we've taken two weeks off and i'm like itching like like man come on like like we just got to the castle uh, <laughs> it's, it's what is your what's your character's uh like what are what is your character so i am a uh tiefling rogue Mm, okay we started they started me off at level four because that's what everybody else was by the time I, I jumped in i think we're at level six now um 
mostly like i have like pretty much maxed out my sleight of hand uh and uh <laughs> stealth and stuff so like i i'm picking the pockets of even like my own party members like pretty constantly <laughs> like if they like like buy a cool thing that i want like i just immediately steal it <laughs> but, but yeah it's been super fun but i will say there was there was a really fun moment like a few a few games in like after i'd, I'd played like two or three rounds with everybody and uh, uh i'd been kind of like hyper focused on not embarrassing myself because like i just i was so green uh <laughs> sure my my whole mindset like in those first few rounds was like like what am i allowed to do like what like mm. like i need to keep track of like my my uh my movement my uh my action my bonus whatever like just my reactions everything and like and it was just like it was really kind of stressed me out and and i wasn't very good at it uh but like there was a moment uh where uh, I remember we were in some kind of like underground cavern sort of thing and all of a sudden like it's my turn we're in initiative and like this like sentient suit of armor like that's like six feet tall like steps in front of me uh and Tyson was like okay what do you do and I was like admittedly a little drunk and I was like I crawl inside the armor and he was like <laughs> he's like what I was like is it better armor than mine he's like yeah I was like I crawl inside and I make it my armor and he was like oh okay he was like hey, we actually need to take a five minute break so I can figure out how we're gonna do this and I was like yay <laughs> so like my like my my whole style of play has since shifted to like from what am I allowed to do to like what is so out there that it makes the dm call a break <laughs> and since then it's just gotten a lot more fun like I, I'm sure Tyson's kind of over me right now but like it's, I'm having I'm having a great time that's great. No, I, 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 my wife is super into D and D. I actually have very little experience with it, but okay. Um, I, a lot of guests on the podcast have been like, "You gotta play, you gotta play." So I think for me, it's I think it's just like a matter of time. I played it once, and and I had a good time, but it it was not something that like stuck. Like I wasn't like, "Oh man, I gotta yeah you know, keep keep." It was a one shot anyway. Um, so I think uh, it's something where if. If the right opportunity came along, I may like jump into one at some point. But it's it's, it's not something I'm like chasing. Doesn't like Critical Role have like guest spots on every once in a while? Like, I mean, you know. Oh, I mean, I... listen, Critical Role does, but that's like that's like the gold. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> you know, you have anxiety about playing with your friends. Yeah. I don't want to go on fucking Critical Role and make an ass of myself like the second time I played D and D. You'll have death so, threats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like who's this fucking moron? Like, uh, that that's my, uh, so for I think for me the probably the best opportunity is like I because I got friends who are DMs and I know and I, I think what I've also noticed with a lot of with everyone that I know who plays D and D's they're all very welcoming. They're all like, oh yeah, you should just try, you should play it. You know, like uh, so I, I think I will at some point. Um, I think for me. Uh, maybe also finding other people who haven't played and then getting an experienced DM. That could be kind of like a good good way to jump in and yeah i know uh, i know there were some people that, that recommended like different like podcasts and stuff like specifically for people that like you know were pretty mm. low level i can't remember what any of those like dungeons are you or like dumbasses or something i don't remember Dungeons and Dumbasses. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There is uh like Adventure Zone. That's like a, a comedic one. Uh, obviously Critical Role. Yeah. Uh, I know. Um, uh, some friends of mine run one called Dungeons and Daddies. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I uh, would have remembered that. Uh, that, that, yeah. that was great. It's a great. It's, a great <laughs> they, it's like it's. I haven't listened to it, but they they're a bunch of dads. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like that's, all their characters. No, no, no. Not. I mean, not the not the players. The characters. Oh. They are all playing dads. Ads <laughs> going oh, through good. a D and D adventure. It's I like pretty, that. It's pretty good concept. Um, 
Now, you you said something earlier that actually caught my interest. Uh, so you mentioned watching anime. Was this watching an anime on your own? Like, like without not related to work? Yeah, so, okay, so I... Um... I've been acting since I was a kid. It's always been a big part of my life. Uh, but uh, yeah. when uh, when I started at Funimation, um, Colleen Quinkenbeard brought me on. Uh, they needed kind of a, a temp, like a, not quite an assistant director. Like they needed someone to come on for a contract or two to kind of get people mm. there, get the, get them caught up on a, a few uh, series that they didn't have time for. Uh, sure. And so, uh, so it, Colleen and I knew each other through the theater world, and that's how I met like Travis Willingham and uh, uh, Laura Bailey, and and uh, mm. I think I met Trey Baker once uh, at a bar, but. Anyway, uh, like, so I, I, like, I kind of knew of the voiceover world, but I was pretty locked into the theater world. And I was like, nah, like, it's like, it's more noble to be poor and do shit that nobody <laughs> sees, you know? Uh, but like, yeah. she, Colleen uh, brought me on uh, at one point to see if, uh, if I might work out. And, uh, and so there was two weeks of training. And at that point, like I was kind of doing just gig work, uh, you know, uh, and so I didn't have a, a steady job and it seemed like, you know, a good, good thing to kind of loop into my different gig work and, and all that. But mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, after two weeks of training, I was about to get thrown into my first series, um, which originally they were going to put me on a show called Negima. Um, but, oh yeah, yeah, I know Nike. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, and like, and I, I knew enough because, like, I mean, I'd been training on it. I'd been watching Colleen direct it and everything. Uh, but like, at one point, Colleen was observing me while I did some rewrites and worked with some of the actors and everything. And she's like, "Okay, I need to find a different show for you." And she was like, mm -hmm. and, I was, "And I was like, why?" And she's like, "Well, you can't write for women, and I don't think you listen to us." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And she was right. Like, I was like, I just, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but so she put me sure. on Subasa season two, uh, which was fun. Uh, and it was, mm. it was good for kind of training wheels because the, of course, the first season had already happened. It was a really strong cast with like Jason Liebriggs and Monica Rial and, uh, and Sabat and, and, and a bunch of others, like some big names. And so mm. it was like, I, I just kind of got to like learn while they were just doing what I was, you know, what they'd already been doing. But like, but, but anyway, before all that to say that like before I, I went into my first uh, contract with them, I went to one of the producers. Uh, Michael Harcourt and I was like hey I don't want to want this to get me fired but I feel like I should admit to you now before I sit down and start directing my own show I've never seen an anime like mm. any of it ever and like yeah. and I told that story once at a at a panel at an anime convention and I was almost run out of the room with pitchforks uh, <laughs> because like I but like I mean I knew how to act and I knew how to direct I just didn't know yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the medium and so like I um <clears throat> so I asked him I was like you know is there any way that you can let me borrow a series that like will kind of show me what a good anime is so that I can kind of like sure. know know what bar to shoot for uh and he, he did you know to his credit he told me he was like well it's gonna be kind of hard to do that because like you know like anime is a medium and like there's so many different styles mm. and genres within it um you know it's it's you can't just say like show me what a good movie is and i'm just gonna do like that because like a good <laughs> movie is could be any, any different kind of genre. so but sure. uh, but anyway he gave me a, a, a beck mongolian chop squad oh that's a good choice dude okay. and i like i didn't I didn't know what I was getting into. And I got like, I got so absolutely sucked in. Like I was, I, I think I'd given myself four or five days to watch the whole thing. And I was done like, sure. like a day and a half. Like I just blasted through mm. it. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was really eye opening. Like I, and then I got to work with, like, I'd never met Brina before, uh, you know? And, and so like, I kind of heard her singing in that before I even met her. And so by the time I met her, I was already mm. starstruck and like, uh, but, yeah, but yeah, like, it, you know, it, it, once I started, you know, working full time at Funimation, it became really difficult to like you know it's it's like that what's another thing on friends or something like that like if you're working at a coffee shop all day the last thing you want to do is go to right. a coffee shop after work or whatever uh but like it so like it, it got really difficult to like 
get engaged with a show that I wasn't like being paid to <laughs> to work on. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. since then, like I mean, my my kids have started getting into anime. They've been watching stuff on on uh, hmm. um, like Netflix and YouTube and everything. Like I don't even know what what show they're watching half the time. But like I'll sit with them and uh, but uh, but yeah, it's been uh, yeah like anime, anime was a really fun thing to to learn the ins and outs of because like and, and I mean you know the fandom for a lot of anime series like I mean you, it doesn't get much more intense than that. So like you got to come yeah you got to come correct. Like if you're working on a show, you got to. <laughs> backwards and forwards you know so right right um what what was the last anime you watched that wasn't work related uh you know and i know i came late to the party on this one uh but uh, because i'd heard about it for years but we watched um the dub of uh death note um with with some friends a while back and um yeah, man. Like I, I always love watching other studios stuff. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. at Funimation, like I, I tend to know the style. I know the directors. I know a lot of the cast that is going to get used. And so like, I love watching stuff that's done by other studios. Cause I get to be impressed by their methods and by their casts mm. and by the writers and everything. And like, that was a good show. I will say that like, it made no sense. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I imagine, I have to imagine that the manga made more sense. Cause they took, I would assume they took more time to like explain, but like in the anime, like there was just some really extreme jumps in logic that like I had a hard time following. <laughs> uh, but, but it, again, I love the performances. I thought uh, light was amazing. Uh, like just, uh, yeah, it was, it was super fun. I loved it. Yeah, no, that it's a uh, that, that at this point uh, you could even call it a classic. Mm-hmm. God, that makes me feel old. Yeah, but, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a solid, over the top, fun, just sort of uh, twist and turn show. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I got a, uh, I got hit up a while back by uh, by a fan, not of mine, but of uh, of Initial D, which I was uh, lucky enough to work mm. on, and um, on one of the several iterations of it because it's been around a long time. It's been passed around, uh, but yeah. uh, so, but uh, the guy was asking me if I would help him with a, a a campaign, like start a petition and like get Funimation to dub the, the the fifth stage or something like that. And I was like, man, like we did that show like more than 10 years ago i'm like i was like yeah. i'm not sure well first off none of us are gonna sound like kids anymore like i i don't i don't think that's gonna gonna work and second like we're all tired some of us are probably dead like i don't know but like, I, was like I, don't, I don't see it happening but but that was fun but it, it just goes to show that like like you said the the fucking fan the passion of the fans for it stuff like anime and games is it's that was one of the things that like kind of really struck me when i first started getting involved in anime it was like i mean i i was used to doing like i said theater and like i love theater because there's like an immediacy to it like if you didn't see that yeah. performance that night you didn't see that show you know mm-hmm. uh and and so like i loved that i loved the, like living breathing nature of the thing uh and and how like urgent it was but like there's something there's a lot to be said for you know putting something down on a dvd or a streaming service that like like I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, like someday, like some great, great, great grandkid of mine is going to be doing like a family tree project in like school, mm-hmm. and like there's going to be like a link to some like like Seki Ray or something. <laughs> you know, like, this is just like it cracks me up. I love that. Oh man. Uh, now I like to give the guests an opportunity. Uh, uh, is there uh, a topic that you would like to bring up, and or is there a question for me that you would like to ask? Uh, obviously, if you don't have anything, don't worry about it. I got other shit we can talk about. I actually about. want to mention something that like we talked about a long, long time ago, and I feel like sure. I, I stuck my foot in my mouth so bad with you. <laughs> and I, I do. You, do you even know where I'm going with this? I, I think I do. You Are do, we talking about you, uh, you not? 
uh, the the had maybe hesitation. Yes, of, uh, absolutely. Yes, of, of, want, of wanting to cast me or, or, or uh, not a cast me, but audition. Uh, send me the audition. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure, okay. yeah. Let's talk about it. Sure. It's, all right. So so and and I I, I I maybe didn't explain myself terribly well at the time, but either way, like the main thing is I want to prostrate myself before you and apologize <laughs> so much because i didn't know like that's the thing so like oh we, yeah well well and now like i just God, like everybody knows but uh uh but so like when we were working on uh, borderlands 3 and it was like my it was my first project with gearbox and i wanted to make a good impression uh and uh you know if, if anybody's played uh, uh bl3 you know that like the the there's a, a heavy element of uh kind of <laughs> streamers and uh and vtubers kind of like run amok <laughs> uh yes and so there was uh and and, and it was I, I love the villains in that game it's super fun and uh, mm -hmm. uh a lot of fun stuff happened but like there was uh an, a, some interest early on among some of the writers and producers to include people that are were of that world uh and mm. and so not only kind of hit a wider market uh you know with with uh you know or hit a wider audience and everything uh but also to like find and feature people that's you know could you know bring their own kind of unique take and everything to to, to the property sure. and it all kind of would come together and i was like you know that's a really interesting idea and so we we talked to a lot of people uh that were um uh maybe not influencers but like you know were kind of like leaders in their own little uh, not little but like their little subsets of 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 the industry and uh mm -hmm. what i what i what a lot of us found out really quickly was that like these people were definitely like hardcore entertainers like just absolutely just like powerhouse entertainers mm. but like what became evident of a few times anyway was that like you know there's a lot of crossover between acting and entertaining uh you know in in, in those realms but it's not always a one-to-one -one. and so like we heard sure. some really really fun performances but like nothing that really fit the and not well not nothing but not a, not many that were that were fitting the style of what we we're looking for and so when sure. we got down to uh like kind of the final stages of casting we've got to lock this in we need to start like recording in earnest uh and then sam came to me with with uh with your stuff uh he was like he was like i want you to send on uh, an audition to this guy and i was like dude we don't have time for this anymore it's <laughs> like i was like i know some actors i'm gonna reach out to some actors we're gonna you know do a big uh you know casting call and everything and he was like just try it yeah. just try it and so i shot you off an email and i remember you you emailed back I was like, hey, would you be interested in this? Is this the correct email address? I think you emailed me back within like three minutes. Like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, sure, go for it. And so I sent you the side. You had me a, a read by the end of the day. And after we, like, I, I heard your audition. I played it for everybody else. And then I went to your Twitter page and I looked at your bio and it said voice actor. It, 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 it led with voice actor and then it was like and sometimes youtuber or something like that and i was like i had yeah, this yeah, yeah. i was like i had this dude totally backwards mm, <laughs> and yeah. uh and, and dude and like and, and since then like you know every time you post like your visual reel or whatever like you know i always check it out and like not only like do you have this just like really really wonderfully bassy velvet voice uh but like it's all over the place man like you've got range like very few people have that have worked professionally in this industry for a long time uh mm. and so uh, so yeah, and, and I, I know I mentioned that story to you very briefly in passing, and you're just like, <laughs> but uh, uh, first off, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I I will say, you know, I thought it was funny because um, first I I appreciated the honesty, right? Because that was at the we were we had done our I think our first session, right? And we and we were getting dinner I think afterwards, right? And with with a bunch of the writers and and the staff, and I was like, yeah, you telling me this opens up like a, a level of honesty that I genuinely appreciate 
because you don't you didn't have to tell me this right but it, it like and and then i also 100 percent understood <laughs> because <laughs> because for me like um you know like uh oh, fucking i'll fucking call it out well maybe okay so every now and then you'll hear like some streamer or some uh youtube person be like yeah i'm gonna become a voice actor it's gonna be so easy like uh very i don't know i'm sure you don't follow streamers i don't follow streamers at all but there was like this was like months ago uh there was a very big streamer uh he actually one of the biggest streamers in the world and he's like i'm gonna be a uh huge uh, hollywood actor and i'm gonna do voice so i'm gonna do everything and in my mind i was like uh can you act yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh in the uh I oh, forgot to say it was. Uh, they're, 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 they go by Ninja, uh, yeah, uh, sure. and 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 so um, it was funny in that exact same interview. He was like, I'm, "I do a really good Jim Carrey Grinch impression." <laughs> sure. And then in the interview, they're like, "Can you do it for us?" And he's like, mm, "Maybe not right now." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, if you can't do your really good Jim Carrey Grinch impression on the spot, yeah. I don't know if maybe you can you can can you act on the spot? Uh, I, yeah, that's a thing. Well, and there's um, there's like well we there were a couple and I, I won't name names because I don't remember them. Uh, but uh, but there were there were there was one guy in particular uh, that um uh, one of the writers was like, hey, check out uh you know these these YouTube clips or whatever. And so like I'm watching this guy and like it was very improvisational kind of style was was his bag. Sure. Uh, and I'm watching it and I was like, holy crap, they're absolutely right. Like this guy's awesome. He's really funny. The voice is really engaging like it's got a great energy uh and so i found his uh, his email address and i i shot him when i the audition sides and what came back was not that uh like and it was just i i could tell it was like you know he was very comfortable like improving and like you know like creating sure. his own content but like you know you ask someone to read a script and then like all of a sudden it becomes reading a script you know it's it's just a yeah, it's a skill yeah. set that not everybody falls right into now that being said like i've definitely like auditioned some people that like had no acting experience whatsoever and i'm just like holy crap why aren't you like doing this all the time now like it's amazing mm. but like it's 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 pretty rare and it's you know when people want to get involved and like want to want to start their own careers like you know you you have to go through all the like classes and workshops and training or at least do some theater or whatever like learn what you're doing because like you sure, don't you don't want to sure. just like try and fail and like create a really bad taste in everybody's mouth and like waste any chance you could have had but yeah yeah for sure like so yeah like i i totally like un like understood when you told me the story like because it's like yeah i mean you want to get you know an actor you don't want to like hire somebody just because they're they're a, a no name or whatever and they but they, they're not like good at what they do um and and you know i think it's, it's funny i think in in some cases like uh if if i actually prefer when the director or casting director has no idea about any of the youtube stuff because then it's just like a clean slate i can just go in and show them what i can do but every now and then i i know i i, I can kind of get the sense that they're kind of like wondering they're like Okay, I'm like, and this guy, is this, and then, and then I start, and then I can feel like the relief of like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like he knows what he's doing, and, and I think that earlier on that was also more something. Like I think at this point, uh, I've been you know doing. I mean, even before Borderlands Three, I I had been doing, I had been working for for a while, and now by this point, I think it's 
it, there's less like who who's this YouTube guy? Uh, I I I think I've demonstrated that I at least know what I'm doing, but yeah, no, no. It, so it, I like like truly to me, it was like a level of honesty that I appreciated, and you know like. Because sometimes, sometimes people ask, like, hey, does it, like, ever, uh, you know, being known as a YouTube person or whatever, uh, does it does it ever affect, like, things? And, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it can. Like, sometimes in minor ways, sometimes in, you know. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I think I've been very fortunate. It's been very, very few times uh, where it's actually affected anything. But it, it can happen. And, you know, it's interesting to me because uh, I view, like... Because I, I know a lot of people who also have got kind of did a lot of stuff online or gotten well known online, but they're also either uh, very active voice actors now or are starting to get into the profession. And to me, it, it doesn't feel any different from like you see a lot of like you know before internet not before internet but like before the internet was huge, it was like where where did you find voice actors? You know, in stand up, in theater, in other mediums, right? Like you oh. I think that person you hear that story all the time. But like I, uh, I was doing a stand-up show and then a voiceover agent. Is like, Do you think you ever thought about doing voiceover? Uh, to me, in this in this day and age, it's just that's what online. That's what even t- you know TikToks are even now. It's like you can showcase your skill set. Yeah. Like to a wide audience, um, f- starting from nothing. Like that. That it, it to me it doesn't read any different than like. Oh, I was a stand-up comedian, and then I was discovered. Oh, I was I was in a play, and I got discovered. Like, uh, now is that going to immediately translate? Like, yes, I can make TikToks, but can I act? Of course not. But in some cases, some people might either have a knack, like you said, like an, a, na- a natural sort of knack for it, and or you never know. You never know what maybe they are in a spot have been working on voice acting yeah. for a long time, and well, and you know, like uh, known for that. Uh, Patton Oswalt a while back told a story about getting cast as as Remy the Rat in Ratatouille, and it was apparently mm. like the the direct. I don't know if he cast him out right because of it, or if he got an audition because of it. But like he had done as part of a stand up set like years prior, uh, this like four minute like section on like this Taco Bell like burrito bowl or something like that and like I think it was was it the KFC like the KFC bowl yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and, yes, yeah. <laughs> and I love that because like there's there's a lot to that like you know if you if you hear somebody that like absolutely commits and like like lets their passion kind of just like bubble to the surface and and like that I mean that can be really like exposing and like you know like liberating and and so yeah like the, if you can see someone who someone is through their art like yeah I think you get a pretty good window into what they could bring to the table whether or not they're able to like right then and there that remains to be seen but but yeah dude actually there was something i don't think i ever told you this so like at the borderlands uh, uh launch party um i uh, i brought a, a couple of friends i brought my wife and i bought i brought my bu- brother-in-law and uh because he's mm. a huge huge game guy um and the i mean the party was i mean you were there it was rocking like there was like live music yeah, and yeah. like you know, dancers and, and like just amazing food and it was just it was wild uh but uh and like he's seeing like celebrities kind of you know moving in and out and like my brother-in-law uh and at one point he like grabs me by the by the forearm and he's like joel and i was like what he's like he's here i was like what he's like the, from the internet and I, and like I and like I follow his eyes and I look over and at first I think he's looking at you and I was like oh that's someone like you're talking about Prozy D and he's like no the, dude behind him the guy from movies with Mikey is here and I was like you mean Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I didn't realize like that's like been like a, a, a something he's been following forever, and like he just like he was he couldn't even talk. He was like, "Can you introduce me?" I was like, "I don't think I want to." Like, what <laughs> you're acting right now. <laughs> I just thought that was good because like it, because if someone that's gasps great. and says it's the guy from the internet, it's I would imagine they were talking about you. But <laughs> oh, I didn't even. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I'm familiar with. Uh, Mikey, uh, like his his stuff, like that, that, that's cool. I, I didn't even know he was there. I just, I mean, there were a ton of people there, uh, so of course, man, that was that was that was a fun, uh, surreal, <laughs> surreal, thrill night. Now, uh, these days, you know, you're you're directing, and I'm, I mean, I, I I'm sure you're doing it's like some voiceover for you know Gearbox, like here and there. But I I, I imagine primarily ninety nine percent of directing at this point, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, more than that. Like, I, I don't, I don't do any, uh, any acting uh, with with Gearbox anymore. Um, I, not that I, I wouldn't uh, love to, but like, as as a director, like any role I give myself is a role I'm taking away with uh, from somebody else that's at least as deserving. Mm. Um, and so, plus, it's not a good look. Like, I mean, I, I at the very end of of BL three, um, uh, we ended up with some last minute uh, add-ins and and some changes and everything. And so, I ended up doing a couple of very very small things just out of, um, uh, just necessity really but like sure, I, sure. i've made a pretty strong commitment to not not really mess with that anymore and and, and like i uh the, the only voice acting i'm doing this uh, these days is uh, i'm wrapping up uh, uh my character and my hero uh with, with foundation mm. uh but but yeah it's almost all uh, all directing and i do some uh, some coaching uh, I, I teach uh, four different um uh, workshops uh three on different uh, kinds of auditioning uh for voiceover and then uh one for uh, directing voiceover I, I do those periodically mm. but yeah it's almost all uh, almost all directing and uh I, honestly i never never thought that, that that's where i would land uh just because okay. like, i'm such a like an actor nerd like i i just love like you know, being on stage and like it, not even like spotlight or anything, but like I, I when I was doing a lot of theater, like I used to uh, to call it um, people people therapy or people practice, because uh, like uh -huh. to me, like I, I got social anxiety, like I'm just kind of weird in general, uh, and so like but like when you're on stage, like you have a script, like you've been told where to stand and when to move mm. there and like all that kind of stuff. So to me, it was like it felt very comfortable and very natural, and so like I and I, I yeah. miss acting, I really do, but like. Uh, uh, there's something hugely rewarding about working with talented actors and like finding moments and like helping them to connect with an audience uh, and like you know convey an emotion and like I don't know there's there's just something really really wonderful about it so like I've, I've been having just absolutely the best time and I, I I could not be you know luckier or happier to be where I'm at but yeah acting is it's not in the rearview mirror I figure one of these days I'm gonna get fired I'm not it's gonna be fascinating whatever I do to get fired it's gonna be great uh, but then you know I'll get an agent and I'll uh, I'll see see if I can do what everybody else has been doing for a while Sure, sure. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, like, if, if, like, you know, do you miss it? But I, I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, uh, just directing has its own, like, unique, like, things that you that you love about it and are are, are passionate about it. Um, because, uh, because you you didn't been you'd been directing, uh, even uh, not even, but directing at Funimation also for for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I've been at Funimation full time or mostly full time for uh, eleven years. Now, been in Gearbox for a little over three. Mm -hmm. And so, it, I mean, it totally makes sense that, of course, that you know you're you're still directing, but uh, uh, I, I guess as um, someone who doesn't direct, I'm just like, what, uh, what for you? What, what, what? How would you describe sort of like the 
high like the the sort of highs of the job like you know at your absolute best like this is this is what i love the most about this job like what are those kind of moments for you um in the in the when you're directing man what's ah, god i honestly there there are very few days where i don't experience some kind of like runner's high of just like mm. oh my god it's happening kind of thing but like i there were there are just some really really powerful moments especially like in the borderlands franchise uh where like because borderlands has this wonderful style where like it's goofy it's wacky it's irreverent it's it's self-aware uh, breaks the fourth wall at times like pop culture references on a planet where those things don't exist like and and all of those things play an amazing role into setting the audience up for complete emotional manipulation uh and so like if you if you can kind of play with an audience and you can keep them laughing with you uh then it's pretty easy to get them off guard to where you can hit them where it hurts you know and like and not that that's ever the goal but like i mean but there are some pretty heart-wrenching moments in in all the borderlands games really i mean like Mm -hmm. even like going back to borderlands one like tanis has like uh the colleen plays that has all these wonderful echologues that you can find that kind of like outline her descent into like full-on loneliness loneliness and then even into madness and mm-hmm. and like where tanis has developed and gone from there is a far cry from what she was uh in the original uh borderlands game and so like not only like creating these moments uh and and like finding ways to reach inside your audience's chest grab them by the heart and just shake the hell out of them like that's always really fun but also like kind of tracking not just where a character is now but where they could go from here because i mean a good well well written character is a lot like a person <laughs> like they're yeah, they're yeah. never going to be just like one thing and so like like uh I, it's really really great to kind of see actors insert themselves into the characters uh you know like actors kind of like grow alongside their characters and like and and just kind of how everybody's approach is different and and like i like uh, uh so in uh borderlands 3 um uh, I I feel like it's long enough past to that we like I don't have to avoid spoilers, but I still feel like I should. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I we brought Martha Harms in to record uh, for the first time, and she plays Maya and has some spoilers too. And I explained to her the full character arc of uh, mm. of, of her in the game, and yeah. she just got this like wicked grin that grew across her face, and she's like, <laughs> she, and she's like, she like grabbed me by the wrist, and she was like, "Tell me it's gonna be epic." And I was like, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be really. And like, and so she got so excited about like knowing like what was going to happen. Uh, and then mm. conversely, conversely, when Colleen was recording her last session on Lilith and like I explained like what happens to Lilith in the final moments of, of the game. And she's like, wait a minute. What am I? Am I? What happened to me? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, you have, she's like you have to tell me i was like i i literally don't know and i'm not sure anybody knows <laughs> uh, and and she got like uh, like right up in my face and she was like if you kill me off mcdonald i swear to god i will come for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um shit yeah i don't know man like, uh, i i i love it i love i love working with a really talented actor to to do what they do best but there's also like I, one of my favorite things and it happens a little bit more rarely is when you cast somebody in a role that they're not known for like that's mm. not really their exact like tool bag or whatever and actors love that like actors hate playing the same kind of role over and over and over <laughs> and so you give sure. that, an actor something that's just a little bit outside of their comfort zone and like most actors and that's where they come to life and like that's where really really fun stu- stuff starts happening mm. and when you see someone like latch on to something like that and like make some really amazing things happen ah there's magic there man i love it
That's great. I uh, and not to get all fucking. This is an anime con. I'm asking you questions at a Q and A, but I am genuinely curious. Like, if you had like some just some general like tips for for those who are interested in like voiceover direction, like what like just it, it can be just some simple stuff. But like, because uh, I've worked with a, you know a lot of different directors and. You know, not every director I'm super crazy about exactly how they direct, but the majority of them are great, right? Uh, but what would you say are either some, maybe some general tips for people who uh, are interested in doing it and or things that you maybe you would like avoid uh, uh, as, a, as a voiceover director? Yeah, no. Well, so, so I think the main thing is like... It, over the, the, the course of your job, I mean, of course, there are going to be a lot of different factors that that, that, that uh, are, are involved, but like over the, the auditioning and casting and recording process, like those are kind of like the, the main like three facets. Like there's the auditioning process and that's working with the writers to draft audition sides that like really, really zero in on a character and like mm. and, and in a well-rounded audition side or a well-written audition side, each line should be there to test something different like how mm -hmm. the character approaches humor or how loud they can get in combat situations or whatever. So each line mm. should be there for a very specific purpose. Um, yeah. And so if you write it that way, then you can better keep an eye out for actors that understand it that way. Um, and mm. that, that like do their detective work and kind of figure out what each line is there for. And then they show you sometimes several different ways it could be, uh, it could be done. Uh, and so, uh, so spending a good amount of time on, on crafting audition sides that are puzzles where the actor is the last piece. Uh, mm. And that's really important. Uh, if, if, uh, if you don't spend some time on that, you end up like having to re audition for things and, and just, like, just like further explain the character to people because it, it wasn't really, it didn't come across in the first side. So that's, sure. that's, you know, you don't really want to skimp there. Um, but the, uh, and of course the recording process and everything that's, you know, you've got to, you, you've got to have a lot of, you know, care and tenderness, uh, you know, sometimes with the characters, but, but where I always spend the most of my time is in casting uh, because mm. if you, if you cast really, Really, really well you don't really have to do very much after that. like you like you get like i mean like seriously you, you you bring in like really talented people that are smart thinking actors that are going to be able to internalize and understand the character in a way that like you could only dream of and then you sure. kind of just explain the context and get the hell out of their way uh mm. and and that's 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 uh, yeah if you spend all of your time on the first two steps of that process then the third kind of third part sort of takes care of itself and you end up basically just scrolling a word document so they can read what's below you know that's that's about it gotcha, gotcha. what do you know but but i want to know though like because I, I you know everybody works with directors that aren't their cup of tea or like you know everyone's got their own style and like even if you don't like like you don't like have to dislike a director or whatever but like you know you know that you guys don't just don't jive uh, as far as like, mm -hmm. your methodology like what do you like to you what's a what's a really strong director like what do they bring to the table uh do, is it like making you feel comfortable or like knowing the material backwards before like what, what what's what defines a good director for you I think for me, the most important thing, because I'm trying to think of like what I don't like in like some directors that I where I'm like this is not jiving as well. And I, I think for me, it's just having a clear like idea of knowing what you want, right? Because there have been some a couple of times here and there where you work with someone, and it's like I don't think you know <laughs> what you want, and your the way you're directing is either not confident enough or not like or it just feels scattershot in that you like by the time you're like i think we we're just kind of circle you're like giving me contradictory like almost like directions sometimes 
Um, for me, I think the best directors are ones that uh, I think it's very important to just, you know, make the actor feel comfortable, right? Like, uh, like that's, I think, just a, almost feels like it should be like a courtesy, but, you know, some directors maybe don't care, but that's fine. Uh, it, I, I think that's important as well as just a clear, like, I know what I want because I'm not the type to necessarily be like, I'm going to want to do it my way. You know, for me, I want it to be like, you're happy with it? I'm That I means I'm happy with it. I trust you. I think that's the most important thing is there has to be a level of trust. Where I trust that this director not only knows what they're doing, but cares enough about what they're doing. Where they know that, it, that it's good enough or good or what they're looking for. Uh, I don't need to question it or be like, oh, can I do like 10 more takes? Or can I do, you know, like... I, I'm actually the type of actor who I very, very, almost never ask for, uh, can I do a retake? I, I, I'm just like, you're good. Let's keep going. Like, I, I trust, I trust that you know what you need. And I feel like, you know what, even if I ask for a retake, you don't, I don't know if you're going to fucking use it. To me, it just feels like not a waste of time. Cause I also understand sometimes, you know, an actor being like, oh, I think I can do this better. I think I can blah, 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 blah. But uh, for me, the best sessions are ones where there's this trust of, like, we both sense that this is good. This is good. You know what you're doing. I think I know what I'm doing. I'm doing my best for you. And there's, like, we we have a complete understanding of how the line should go, and it's just running smoothly. Uh, that, that, that level of sort of comfort and trust and uh, sort of expertise or know-how, those are, like, the things that make me go, yeah. I like working with this person, uh, and I will say, like you know, every Borderlands session, uh, I I felt that way sincerely, like with Thanks, you, man. like I, I, yeah, like I, I never felt like uh, you like didn't know what like you you knew every little detail about everything, like uh, that actually impressed. I was like, damn, like <laughs> Joel fucking knows his shit, uh, even for like the most minor NPC interactions. I mean, it's your job, of course, but right, right. you know, you know, for it definitely uh, makes the actor feel very comfortable. So, well, man, and and for for BL three, like I, the the only reason that I knew everything as well as I did was that I was around as the material was being written because, like, by the time we we finished like all the writers finished uh you know all the material for borderlands uh for bl3 um uh, i think there were close to 900 pages of side quests alone mm. uh and then probably another 400 pages of main missions and then a, probably 100 or 200 pages of echo logs and miscellaneous and just like like all the other kind of ambient uh you know uh, character you know uh, stuff that that uh, you could explore throughout the world uh and yeah. so like learning it piecemeal was was super helpful but like i i don't know man like i, I and you're right but, like i don't think you you've probably asked to do another take on something like twice or three times in like all in the whole main game and all the, the subsequent dlcs but like i it, if an actor it, asks for another take i always always give it to them sure. uh and uh it, well it, except for like there are very few actors like that are working professionally and consistently that like ask for other takes to like an absurd level mm. like where it's just like dude we got it like please let's just let's keep going <laughs> there's there's not right. a whole lot of that but like i mean i i always tell the actors and i'm sure i've told you like 
first like vocal help, help is key like you everybody has yeah, to yeah. keep you posted on their voice but also like i want the actor to be as happy with their take as me and the engineer are and so like sure. like if, if if you really want to give another one just let me know like i might not always take that but i want i you know i want you to have that opportunity and uh but yeah and, and especially with talking about the vocal health thing like i know especially in like for our enemies and everything i, I let everybody know at their very first session i was like i don't necessarily know your voice as well as you do and if you feel it mm. start to go before i notice it you have to let me know and if your voice hurts you tell me and we're done i don't care if we're 10 minutes into the session we're done uh sure. and and so far and i think that does go a long way for towards the, the trust that you're talking about because that's I, that's important to me too but like so far like i haven't had a single actor like take advantage of that like yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, everybody knows they could do 15 minutes and then duck out and then come back and do another 15 minutes and, like just make money hand over fist left and right but like so far everybody seemed to be really really happy with that and like you know most actors just want to work you know and yeah you know they just, most actors just want to work, do a good job, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah, they're not they're not there to nickel and dime. You're like, I need them. You know, they they just. Uh, I like to think that most actors just love doing what they're doing. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like, but like, I also yeah. know what like L.A. rent is like, and I don't know, dude. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think next next sessions I do. I'm just gonna. <clears throat> ooh, yeah. Ooh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, you booked me for four. Mm, I, I sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. I think a lot of act honestly, a lot of actors are like, man, I'm just lucky to be in the damn booth. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm just happy. I'm happy. I'm here. So I will say, um, like, so if for for because I'm sure there are a lot more people that are interested in being a voice actor than are in being a voice director. But like one of the things that I saw at Funimation all the time, and not so much at Gearbox, uh, but um, but was people that would come in for like their very first audition, uh, like and just be so excited and like regardless of how well or poorly they did in their audition it happened a lot where people would say like hey i just want you to know you don't have to pay me like i will come <laughs> in and do this for free and i'm like stop it yeah <laughs> like, don't offer no money as like your audition that's not that's not helpful <laughs> yeah it's, it's not a good look as, as yeah as fun as it can be and like i get that sentiment because it's especially early on, it's like you're just desperate to like. I just want to do it, right? Like, uh, but you gotta fake it till you make it, you know. Just, right. you yeah. Know, yeah. At, at, you put off a professional air, like, oh, for me, this is old hat. Yes, I I do this all the time. Uh, you know that I think that goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, I agree. So yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, this has been great. Uh, we're we're at an hour, so I I, I think we can wrap it up here, but. Uh, it, it's always a pleasure, man, to, to talk to you. Uh, I, 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 I hope uh, once things clear up, and if you're ever out here, we should uh, maybe maybe I'll show you another good board game or something. Sometime. Dude, absolutely, I, man, I, that would be amazing. Yeah, man, it's been it's been great to talk to you. Like I know both of our social lives have been a little lacking of late, so this has been a, a joy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, man, like you know, I, I, like I'm getting my my second shot in a, in a couple weeks, and then honestly, my plan is uh, by mid May, like I'm gonna be checking like Southwest uh, every morning uh, to see just what <laughs> flights are dirt cheap that day, and be like, I guess i'm going to pittsburgh like i hell yeah i can't wait man i'm gonna get some i am travel hungry too uh where can people uh, where can people find you uh twitter uh at uh, at, at yes to ats um uh if uh, yeah, the workshops and everything i teach uh is through that so vo uh which also has a twitter page uh and uh instagram is mostly just picture pictures of my kids so i would avoid it honestly but that's that's <laughs> it i just understood your username Holy shit. <laughs> I, wait, wait. 
say okay. What did you think it was? <laughs> I never, I, I never heard it out loud. I or, or like you know, there are a lot of usernames you just don't really read. You say, oh yeah, whatever, it's that. At, <laughs> yes, too. <at. laughs> That's fucking great. Well, it is honestly, I forgot. I didn't even know. So it used to be something different. It used to be at balls a poppin, uh, which was a, which was, <laughs> which was a, 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 a ping pong. No, not ping pong. Uh, like a, um, a, a game. What, what do you call those freaking games? The, uh, uh, with the flappers. Uh, the uh, pinball game. Pinball? Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was. Uh, I got the high score on a pinball game called Balls of Poppin' in like South Carolina, <laughs> and I thought it was a really funny name and so that was my twitter handle for a while and then i don't even i vaguely remember the night i changed it i know vodka was involved and now i don't know how to change it back and but like it's aw- <laughs> it's awful to tell when people ask like what's your twitter handle i'm like okay i'm gonna tell you but then i'm gonna have to spell it and then talk about numbers and <laughs> but holy yeah. shit yeah, that's what it means now you know yeah because you know what i definitely was just like yeah i'll, I'll just follow joel mcdonald never looking at exactly what that username was uh, at, at yes to ads whole that's fucking genius and i know you've oh. i know you've asked you've answered this like a million times before and i'm sorry because i have not listened to your other podcast but right before i jumped on with you i was telling telling my wife i was like yeah i gotta uh, i'm gonna get on with uh, with someone here in a little bit and she's like what's this podcast called and i was like i think it's pro zd and pals and she's like what's the pro zd for and i was like i don't know <laughs> oh god oh I, 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 I swear to you, not a single person knows, not even my wife. My okay. wife doesn't even know. Like, it's so embarrassing because it is a name I came up with when I was, like, 12 or oh, younger than that, elementary school maybe. And so I've just, it just was this username I've had for 25, 30, 25, just years and I can never tell anyone what it stands for because it's so stupid. If I it's, if I guess it and ask you in private, would you tell me if I was right? Uh, here's the thing. I don't. I don't think it's guessable. Okay. Uh, I've I, I've given like clues before. Like, there's there's parts of the of the meaning that aren't guessable, so no one could actually guess this. But I mean, hey. You know, if you if you want to shoot me, what you think? I know people have had theories. Uh, none of none of them have been right, but well, uh, you at the very least need to like write it out and like put it in the lockbox, like under your bed or something, just in case <laughs> <laughs> something. I happens. would honestly rather it die with okay. me. So <laughs> duly noted. Uh, yeah, but nobody knows. But yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note, uh, thank, 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 thanks, thanks again, man. This is absolutely, great. man. Let's uh, let's do it again. I'll catch you later, man.